welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Guys, I'm super pumped about today's guest because it's a friend of mine that I have invited to be a part of the event that I've been pumping for several weeks now, the PIA of Arkansas Virtual Value Experience. This thing is going to be awesome, and it is awesome. It's happening right now this week. So if you're listening to this later on down the road, it's not too late. You could still email Stacy at P-I-A-A-R, that's S-T-A-C-I at P-I-A-A-R dot com. And she can uh, send you all the information, the links, and she'll record the Zoom meeting on Thursday at one o'clock. And if you missed it and you're listening to this weeks or years from now, she's still got it on file somewhere. Ask her about it. She'll send it to you. It's great stuff. Uh, my second thing I want to get into was my good friend Tolga Tazel over at Canopy Connect. They have a one-click solution to help you to get that information from your prospect in a less intrusive way and a more effective and efficient way. And again, it's one click and you have all the information you need to get a quote. You've got deck pages, you've got information, you've got you know deductibles, anything that you need to get that quote right there at your fingertips. And uh, there's an, uh, a web address he put together for Insurance Town, and it's app.usecanopy.com backslash Heath. That's my name, Heath. App.usecanopy.com backslash Heath. And you can get your discounts. You can set up a meeting with Tolga. Meet him. He's a super cool guy, and he's going to really help your agency in so many ways. Now, on to today's episode. Super excited. My man, Scott Howell, is hanging out with us today in Insurance Town, and he is absolutely fantastic. He is the owner and operator of the iProtect Insurance Agency and Financial Services in Huntsville, Alabama. And he's also the co-host of one of my favorite podcasts, Insurance Guys. And he, he does a great job on the podcast in his agency. And he as he talks about, he's just like you and me. And so I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. We dive into some talk about relationships and about sales and attitude and tells a really cool story about him being in the military. And I really think you're going to enjoy our conversation. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with my man, Scott Howell. Scott Howell, what's happening, my brother? Proud to be here, my brother. How are you? Man, I am good. I am really good. I, uh, I'm i super excited. If we're going to get in this for a second, uh, I'm still excited my Hogs won on Saturday. That never happens. Now, you're over there in Alabama. You're used to winning football. But, you know, I'm still you know, happy about my Hogs. I'm happy for you, Heath, because – it has been a, a up at, it's been a up at dawn pride swallowing siege for Arkansas fans over the last what 10 15 years yes it's, it's and, been and, 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 yeah. and you know what makes it great what makes it outstanding for you guys is y'all got such a passionate fan base Arkansas fans if they're winning and, and things are going well man y'all will pack a stadium and travel and I mean, y'all love Arkansas football. It's just been painful to watch the past nine or ten years. Well, as you know, at Alabama, that's all we got. That's right. You know, and y'all the that's same right. way with your Crimson Tide. So, yep. um, I Brad, Bradley Flowers has a joke that's, that goes like this. Alabama, first in football, last in everything else. <laughs> well, here in Arkansas, we always say thank God for Alabama. 
<laughs> but uh, that's about that's about right. That's about right. Anyway. I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me on the podcast today, man. It means a lot to me. Appreciate you coming on. And I was gonna, you know, get into this whole thing because uh, you may not know this, but I've listened to every single episode of Insurance Guys, even back to like day one when you first got started. It was just you and him, no guests, no nothing. Mm-mm. And that big, loud, booming voice of yours, I fell in love immediately. And I've had a little man crush on you since what was that, 2018? Yeah. Um, and I have been wanting to have you on the show for a long time. And I really I had to call Bradley and be like, hey, Bradley, I'm going to have Scott on my show. Is that going to hurt your feelings if I don't ask you and I ask him? And he said, no, man, Scott's awesome. Have him on. So I, I'm excited to have you on. I'm kind of starstruck a little bit. Uh, no, don't be that. Yours. <laughs> there, there is no reason to be that. I, I tell people all the time, I, as far as insurance agents go, I'm no different than anybody else that's listening to this podcast right now and started uh, you know I started as an associate agent which uh, I'm very proud of a lot of people might think that's uh, I don't know less than or whatever but I think it helps me on our po- podcast when I talk about certain things having that experience of being an associate agent and making a snickers bar and a pack of crackers and going through all the trials and tribulations that associate agents go through I have a soft spot in my heart for them because it's hard man it's hard it's hard to make real money in the insurance business if you're an associate agent unless you're really knocking the bottom out of it or you're you've reached a point where you've got some kind of commercial niche that's big premium or something that you have become kind of an industry leader in then, then you can make some some damn good money but I, I just uh Man, I just try to get on there every week and think the way that all 250,000 insurance agents that are listening to the show uh, think and and ask the same questions I feel like they would think. And, uh, you know, one of the things that makes me the most proud is when I meet people and spend time with them, extended periods of time that listen to our show. I've had two or three people tell me, they go, man, I didn't know what you were going to be like when I met you in person, but you're exactly the way you are on the show in person. And I'm, I'm very proud of that. That makes me happy that they say that. So No, that's I, I couldn't agree more. And I've never met you in person, but we've talked on the phone enough and we've done enough Zoom calls that I couldn't agree more. And that's something I try to do the same. I think uh, you and I are cut from a little bit the same cloth. I'm a little bit loud, a little bit obnoxious, but I got my serious side to me as well. People say the same thing about me. So again, I'm excited to have you on and you've already kind of gotten into it a little bit but i'd love for you to you know jump in your delorean and go down memory lane in insurance town and let's tell me a little bit about you and let's let the audience get to know you go as far back as you want to well i grew up in a little old bitty town of about six thousand people called hamilton alabama and uh my dad's still the municipal judge there and uh played high school sports and did the same thing that everybody listening to this probably did, you know, growing up in a small town, same stuff and going to Panama City Beach with my friends in the summer and having a big time growing up. You know, you look back on it now and where did the time go? You know, I'm for, I'm 49 years old and still feel sometimes like I'm 25. But, um, you know, I, I graduated from Birmingham Southern College, played a little basketball there. I was started out as a recruited walk on. I got a basketball scholarship out of high school to junior college here Alabama, but earned a scholarship there and then graduated and went in the Marine Corps because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life and uh, got to do some really neat things in the Marine Corps. 
security forces in London, England for two years, 18 months. And while I was there, I was selected to go through uh, British Royal Marine Boot Camp. That was the reason I got extended. I was only supposed to be there 12 months. And so one night, the basically commander of the British Royal Marines uh, boot camp down in a place called Lindstrom came over to our barracks and got, I think he got drunk with our CO, commanding officer. And he said, you don't have a son of a bitch here that can make it through our boot camp, our Royal Marine boot camp. And he said, oh yeah, I do. I sure do. You want to put a little friendly wager on it? So they didn't pick me. They didn't choose me. They picked a guy that was an all-state wrestler out of like uh, Iowa, Indiana, somewhere like that to go down there and he lasted about two weeks broke his ankle and came back so i was pick number two and they sent me down there and i was there for 13 14 weeks something like that they have a modified boot camp called the all arms commando course it's for other branches of the service that you know, work with Royal Marines. So it's just a condensed version of their boot camp. And I went through that and uh, I got some national publicity from that, which is hard to do in the Marine Corps, right? I mean, there's not a whole lot of individualism in the Marine Corps, but uh, had my choice of duty stations coming out of there. I got to go home back to Hamilton for 30 days, which was complete madness when I got back home because, you know, I was 20 something years old and still partying all the time and having a big time. And uh, then I went to San Clemente, California, and was part of the 3rd Battalion, 5th Marines weapons company for about two years. And soon as I got over there, we were doing what's called a workup, you know, workup in the Marine Corps, getting ready to go on float or in the nowadays when you do a workup it's getting ready to go to iraq or afghanistan probably so i was part of the 27th marine expeditionary unit we went did circles in the ocean that is when i got to do my only real world mission or almost did one we were uh, headed to thailand to do exercise cobra gold which is just a thing they do every year they still do it to this day and uh we decided to fire the uh president of indonesia so they sent the 27th marine expeditionary unit down to indonesia and we literally i can remember going up on the flight deck and we were maybe a mile off the coast we could see the coast of indonesia there fish little fishing boats around all of our fleet that were out there and sure enough he resigned in about 24 hours of us being there and uh always said, you know, what would it be like if you're the president of Indonesia and somebody comes in your office and says, hey, we, we got a problem. The, the 27th Mew is sitting off our coast right now. So uh, that was my only real world mission that I did. It was, you know, right before uh, I got out, right before 9-11 happened. And uh, had I stayed in for another four years, certainly would have seen some combat in Iraq and maybe even Afghanistan, but got out of the Marine Corps. And, and this is not a, this is not uncommon, but most, I think most Marines that get out of the Marine Corps after four years don't know what they want to do with their life, really. Because you're so, when you're in that, it's like being a part of a, a college football team or basketball team or any team. You're so engrossed in that that you're really not thinking about your future. And then one day you wake up and it's like, holy shit, I'm getting out. I'm getting out in like two weeks. What am I going to do with my life? So I bounced around for a long time when I got out and moved to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Ended up, you know, years later, probably 10 years later. I don't remember. 2008, I got, I finally got into the insurance business as an associate agent for a state farm agent who had been licensed about three months longer than I had. And, uh, was with him for about a year and a half and knew that's, I loved insurance, but I knew that's wasn't where I wanted to be. 
and uh, took a job on the same day that I got accepted to what is known as the State Farm Agency Owner Pool, which really means nothing except for you now are qualified to own a State Farm Agency. So I went through that at 10 o'clock in the morning and about 1130, I accepted a job with Nationwide as a scratch agent and uh, moved my family up close to Huntsville, Alabama. Didn't know anybody, didn't know a soul. And then now for the last 13 years, I've been with you know, until July of this year, we were a nationwide principal agency and uh, we had a lot, we've had a lot of success. Um, you know, it's been good. It's been, there's been good times. There's been hard times. You, you know, you've been in the game for a long time. You know what it's about. I mean, it's, it's, it's every day. Just, I tell people this all the time. Insurance is just about building relationships and dealing with problems. There it is. That's insurance, building relationships and dealing with problems. That's pretty much insurance in a nutshell. So uh, when you, when you get, you know, premium levels start getting higher and you realize you can't do all this by yourself and you have to start hiring people. And I don't know. It's just, it's a lot, but we, you know, we enjoy it. I enjoy it. I'm sure you do as well. And that's pretty much my nickel story of my life right there. Man, that was some good thing to know anything about that. And I've listened to a ton of your shows. I never knew some of that. By the way, thank you for your service. Uh, oh, yeah. You can't see it, but I went and voted today. I'm proud to be an American. I thank you for serving our country. Yep. But, yep. Um, Appreciate so that. I do love one thing that, that you say uh, on your podcast, and I kind of want to hear a little bit about this. Okay, so you say that you are an insurance evangelist. Yes. And I love that. Um, and I want to know when it was, was it was State Farm or Nationwide, when you just woke up, that when you fell in love, you knew, I'm in love with it. I know when I had it, but when did that happen for you, when you just knew, this is my career, I'm in love with it, I'm an evangelist now? Well, I, I think I think uh, there's two sides to that coin. So first and foremost, going back to high school, I had people telling me that I needed to get into insurance. Never met a stranger, you know, always loved to have a good time easy to like, always wanted to be around people. Um, so I started hearing people, you know, chatter about, man, Scott, you ought to get an insurance. You ought to get an insurance. But I didn't think insurance was sexy enough for me. I had bigger plans, I guess, which I didn't even know what those plans were. But um, so I uh, finally, when I got, when I finally dove off in the deep end, I do remember when I started studying for my insurance exam, in 2000, early 2008, like January, I remember thinking to myself, okay, Scott, you need to grow up and you need to treat this like the bar exam. And I think I studied for two or three weeks for all of the tests, the property, casualty, life and health day and night, like I was studying for the bar exam. And, and I did really well on the test, like really well on the test. And I remember probably the first six months I was with State Farm as an associate agent, I thought, you know, I, I like this. I, there's, there's something about this I really like. I enjoy it. And then the more I got in it and kind of got better at selling insurance, which I always tell people, I don't care who you hire. If you've got a newbie out there that's never sold insurance or been an account manager CSR, it's about the two-year mark is when one day they wake up and they're like, I got this. I know it. But it takes about two years. And as you know, I don't care how long you've been in the business. The first six months that you're an agent, insurance agent, man, you're faking it till you make it. People are asking you questions and you're really not sure about the answers and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. But uh, as far as insurance evangelist goes, I have always said that the more 
people you know and and that respect you in a community and assuming that you have a good reputation in that community, the more business you're going to sell. So when I say insurance evangelist, it's me thinking to myself, if I promote this insurance agency, the way that a good preacher promotes a church and talk about insurance and get on social media and make, you know, build relationships with people, the more, ins- by default, the more insurance you're going to sell. Just like the fewer people you know, the fewer people you come in contact with, the more that you're an introvert, the less insurance you're going to sell. I mean, people don't know you, they're not going to buy anything from you. And and for a long time, Heath, the thing that used to piss me off the most is when somebody that I knew that was a friend of mine, I'd run into them and they'd say, oh, man, I didn't know you were selling insurance. We just changed insurance about three weeks ago. I mean, that just used to own me when people would do that to me. Oh, yeah. Son of a bitch. I missed the sale on that. You know? Yep. I was the same way. You know, I. You know, I, people that know my podcast know I'm, I'm second generation and I'm married second generation. So it's all in my family. But, you know, I used to growing up, we couldn't go to a restaurant in town. Dad not stopping by nine tables and shaking people's yep. hands. And I remember sitting back That's as a it. kid wondering, what the heck is dad doing? We would go to all kinds of company, you know, not company, but community events. And we'd be at this and we'd be at that. And I'd be like, why are we at these dumb things? Right. And then as I got into business. You know, my wife looked at me early on in our marriage and was like, I can't even go to the grocery store with you, Heath. I can't go to restaurants. Right. I can't go because you're always selling or you're always talking to somebody. You're always volunteering to do this board or that board. And so the nickname of the mayor kind of started back then uh, mm. when I first got in the insurance business because my wife was like, it's like being with the mayor of Maumel, which is the town I live in, everywhere we go. Yeah. And then it kind of translated into the same thing that insurance started going to conventions and whatnot. And everybody just kind of got to know me. And, you know, so right there, what you're saying, you got to know people in your community. You got to be involved. And so that's where the evangelist came from. huh? I love it. That's it. That's it. You know. Yeah. And my my web domain is the insurance guy online dot com. So. It's not just about knowing people, but then when you do know them, you want them when they see you in their mind to think to themselves, oh, there's Scott. He's the insurance guy. And, 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 and about three years ago, I went to an Alabama-Auburn game in Tuscaloosa. A friend of mine had a house down, in, uh, down on the south side of the stadium on one of the side streets. There's about 100 people there. And I walked in and I walked through the doors to get to the back of the house. They were all outside in the backyard. And as I walked through the screen door and I was going down the stairs, about four or five people yelled out. They said, hey, there's the insurance guy. And I nearly started crying because I thought, you know what? What I'm doing is working. People people are starting to make that connection that they're Scott. He's the insurance guy. They can make that connection. Then the next time they need insurance, who are they going to call? Scott Howell. That's it. And. You know, that's the thing that, that it works. It's kind of like dropping subliminal messages when you start yep. doing that and you're putting that out there. And that was one of the things that, you know, I wanted to do as well is, you know, I'd go to community events. It wasn't the insurance guy, but it was it was the mayor everywhere I went. And I wanted people to know if you want to know somebody, whether it was it don't matter if it was insurance related or not. If I had a contractor and it was like, hey, I need a good painter. I want them to call Heath Sheeran. Because right. I insured a bunch of painters or, you know, I need a good HVAC guy. Well, he's sharing insures a, a bunch of HVAC guys. Let's call him wherever it was. If it was at church. Hey, I need a good auto mechanic. 
Call Heath. I wanted people to know they wanted to connect with Heath because Heath knows people. And well, so- let me let me let me let me stop you right there because you're getting me fired up now. Yes. So so, Come on now. so 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 let me tell you what I call that, and that is fantastic. And I've talked about it on about three different podcasts, but that is called being the mayor of your village. And I tell people all the time, if you're an insurance agent in some small town in Nebraska or Iowa or South Mississippi, it doesn't matter. You know, some some bitch wants to bring me his watch to get fixed. I'll figure out somebody that can fix his watch. And I was in a sales, a big sales meeting with nationwide agents in Atlanta one time. They had like half of the company there. I had this guy that was a mortgage lender out of Atlanta that came in and talked. And his whole speech was on being the mayor of your village. And uh, that's something else I'm very proud of. I have people call me all the time, you know, kids looking for a job or need their watch fixed or I need to, hey, we're looking to refinance. Do you know a good mortgage broker? That's called being the mayor of your village. The more of that you do, the better, the better off you're going to be and the more insurance. Well, let me say this. Whether you sell insurance or not, you get somebody's kid a job out of college, not with you, somewhere else. What does that do for your retention ratio with that client? You think they're going anywhere? No. So that's why that's why the best agents I know, guys like Bill Cochran out of Florence, Alabama, who's lived in Florence his whole life, his retention ratio is like 97% because he – He's that guy, you know, he's somebody people trust and they've known him his whole life. He's got a great reputation and he helps people and they know he knows what he's talking about. So the more of that stuff you do and the more people, you know, uh, the more insurance you're going to sell and the higher your retention ratio is going to be. And it's that, that all boils down to relationships. It does guys. If you're listening to this, write all this down. I'm going to steal a line from Scott Howell. You need to write this shit down because he's spitting right. and it's the truth. And if we're going to be standing in the pulpit, we might as well preach it because I couldn't agree more. And people that know this show know an insurance time. We talk about relationships a lot because I'm nothing without my relationships. You know, I'm not. I, if you're looking, I tell people all the time, if you're looking for a guy that knows insurance policy in and out and coverages in and out, I'm not your guy. Right. If you're looking for a guy that, you know, loves the industry and wants to connect people and wants to help out. I'll be that guy. I can find right. out the information. I can, yep. you know, study it. I can find a policy, whatever. But mm-hmm. it's those relationships you build. And agents that tell me all the time, I can't write business or it's slow right now. I'm like, get out, go hustle, go knock doors. I started off pre-Google days knocking doors with my dad. Mm-hmm. Literally, you know, knocking doors. Hey, I'm Heath sharing, I'm, you know, with such and such. And, you know, that was just the way we did it back then. And I've mentioned that to people now, like, I'm not going to somebody's door. You know, what if they got COVID? I don't it, It's one of those things that people just don't do anymore. Or as dad used to do is get involved in associations, get involved in the community. And, you know, I try to tell agents all the time, it's just about getting out, meeting people, talking to people, get out from behind your desk and do something today. Uh, dad used to have, back before data was kept up with, dad had his own way of doing it. Where he would say, okay, how many doors you knock on today? And I'd say, you know, 20. All right, mm-hmm. how many appointments you get? How many did you close? And he would keep up with that for me. He finally had a rhythm. It's like, all right, you go knock 20 doors. You're going to get two appointments. You're going to close one of them. Do the same thing every day. You're going to build a good book of business. Right. And it's just getting out there with the people. Hey, uh, Heath, let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. Do you know who the two greatest salespeople in the world are? No, sir. I'm about to tell you. All right. The two greatest salespeople in the world 
are kids and guys that are looking to date a beautiful woman. So kids, because their parents, going back to relationships, their parents love them unconditionally. And when kids want something, they're relentless. They don't mind asking, right? Now, the reason I say guys wanting to date a beautiful woman is because I've met guys that'll tell me they don't want to get in sales but then they go out to a bar and see a beautiful woman and they turn into freaking Zig Ziglar and uh, Lita Bois all rolled up into one. You know, they, they, they'll do they'll do anything to build that relationship. And they'll, they'll text at all times of day and the, the, the night and everything else. You want to you want to start selling a bunch of insurance. Just treat every client like that beautiful woman that you saw in the bar that you wanted to go out with. That, that That's 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 the jam right there. I mean, you is the jam. And now you, 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 you hey, you're a guy. You're a guy, you know, guys, you, you know, the extent and the, and the, and the, 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 the places that we will go to, to, to try to, you know, get a girl to go out with us when we were younger, you know, you text them 472 times and call them and do everything else be under the sun. But then you talk about insurance and they're like, ah, I can't sell. And you're like, Oh, Friday night you could sell Friday night. You were selling like freaking Zig Ziglar, brah. No, you're exactly right. But then there's the other side of that. They say, I'm afraid of the cold call and everything else. But you see that same guy at the bar, as soon as that first beautiful woman says no, he's on to her friend. Right. And then right. he's on to her friend until yeah. he finally gets one. The way you just cold called 19 women before you got to the one you took home. Right. What's going on? <laughs> now yeah, you get fired up. There, there's definitely a correlation. There's a correlation there. And I think it's just a mindset. Like, no, you're right. You know, uh, going back to your your comment about your dad and y'all cold calling, I'm not so sure that today, right now, as we sit here, isn't a great time. Well, let me back up. After we get through this COVID stuff, I know that's kind of put a hamper on things. But once the COVID stuff finally goes away one day and we all kind of get back to normal, I'm not so sure cold calling isn't a great thing to do. And, and here's the other thing about cold calling I've never understood about agents. I'll give them a stack of a thousand business cards. And they should be going through 500 of those a month. And, and that process is so easy. It's like breathing air. I mean, you're somebody, you're, you're talking to somebody, you're having a friendly conversation. You pull the business card out and you say, hey, if, if I can ever help you with your insurance, we, this is what we write. Just give me a call sometime. And what I call that is just planting the seed. It's it's no different than, than, than planting a garden. You know, you take the, the business card as the seed, you put it in the ground, you put the dirt over it and hope that water, you know, rain hits it. And one day out of the blue on a random Tuesday at four o'clock, six months later, you get a call from that person that you gave a card to six months earlier, because now they've got a problem with their insurance and they they kept your card or they put your number in their phone. That happens to me all the time. And it should happen to everybody in the insurance business because it's so easy to do. And I never make it weird. I mean, I don't ever like hard press somebody or start asking them questions about their policies or anything like that. It's just, hey, man, I enjoy talking to you. Here's my card. If we can ever help you with insurance, give me a call. I mean, how easy is that? It's super easy. And that's the thing that, you know, back to those business cards. I mean, that's just, one, like you said, one of the easiest things. And I can remember, uh, you know, one of the things I like about you is, you know, I watched the video that you just put out for the PA of Arkansas. And you were talking to, you know, everything you were talking about was kind of old school sales mentality. And right. you were, you know, your podcast, you know, co-host 
is on the other side of that. Real new right. school, and I love Bradley for it. Right. Uh, I'm more the old school because I started off in the old school back in 2002, three, four. You know, uh, having the, the knock doors and phone books and you know things like that. That guys nowadays don't even know what a phone book is. But right. You know, one of the things that you know we used to have, uh, y'all do too. But I used to go to ribbon cuttings a lot. Mm. You know, with the chamber. I would sure. call a week out and I would call that ribbon. Hey, I'm with the chamber of commerce. You know, I'm with the ambassador board. I just want to help you get set up for your ribbon cutting. I wouldn't mention I was with an insurance company or an right. agency. I would just, I just want to help you out. You know, if I can help you in any way, invite people. I got some connections to the radio station. I got a bank connection. We can grill you some hot dogs and hamburgers. Anything new to help you make your ribbon cutting successful is a big day for you and your business. And that day when I show up for the ribbon cutting, they already knew me. And they're like, hey, what do you do for a living? Oh, here's my card. I'm in the insurance business. Right. And, you know, just right. last week, I got a phone call. I'm not selling, obviously. People know I'm with Encompass. But I got a call last week from one of those ribbon cuttings from a year and a half ago. And they called me and said, hey, you know, I'd like to talk to you. My ex date's coming up January 1. It's about that time period. I was like, man, I, I wish I was selling, you know. But it's one of those things, like you said, yep. you plant that seed. It may take two years, six months, but it's going it's going to sprout eventually. Keep going. That's right. That's right. And the longer I, I tell people, uh, I, I tell I tell people all the time that when I started, you know, when you start as an insurance agent, what doesn't matter, associate agent or principal agent, whatever. The uh, of course, my mom and dad and my sister put their business with me like first week, week one. But the rest of my family, you know, they all knew what I was doing. And I never really approached them that, you know, other than just letting them know what I did. It took about three years. At about about three years into the business, every one of them, almost in the same year, uh, called me. And they're like, hey, you know, know you, you know, you, and I think it was kind of their way of like uh, testing whether I was going to make it or not, maybe. I don't know. But then at about the three-year mark, all the rest of them started slowly coming in the door. But, you know, insurance is all about relationships. We know that. We're very blessed today. You mentioned Bradley earlier, Bradley Flowers. Bradley's much more technology-driven than I am, process-driven and, uh, and stuff. But, uh, you know, I think he and I both agree that today's in today's day and age, it's really a blend of of both that seems to be what we think works, which is the, you know, you got to have – on one hand, the old school mentality of slinging business cards and, you know, picking up the phone and calling somebody. And then on the other hand, you got to have all that new technology that we have at our fingertips to be able to touch people more, to be able to do, uh, you know, get, get your clients better apps for their mobile app and stuff like that. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a blend of both. In my opinion, I, I would hate to know I was going out tomorrow and I was just going to open up an all digital agency because I don't think your retention ratio would be very good. I would also hate to go back to paper files and writing stuff in a spiral notebook too. So you know, I'm, I'm kind of a blend of both of those. I was going to say, what does that look like for Scott Howell being a little bit of the old school? As you mentioned, you're 49 years old. And you also mentioned something that I loved because a lot of my agents that listen to this are in rural towns. They're, you know, small town Arkansas, small town Alabama, you know, Arizona, wherever they're listening, they're small town mm -hmm. agencies. And you said you can identify with that. And could you go through the same struggles we all do? What does that right. look like 
for you as you're trying to figure out this whole, you know, Seth's a Rambo on one side with the data and got to get into this and that. And then you got, you know, old school on the other side. How would you talk to an agent out there right now that's in that same right. boat? I don't want to let go, but I know I got to. Well, I think, I think that, uh, the way that I'm doing it anyway, and I don't know if maybe right, maybe wrong, uh, is I'm, I'm, I still, at the end of the day, no matter what happens, think to myself, nothing is more important than us selling insurance. Because as I've said my entire career as a principal agent, if you'll just sell the shit out of insurance, everything else will take care of itself. And so we are just basically doing a lot of the things, and I would encourage them to do a lot of the things that, that maybe myself and some other agencies are doing where we're utilizing technology like uh, we have Hawksoft for our, which Hawksoft is kind of old school. You know, it's a family owned uh, agency management system. It's certainly not as complicated as a bunch of them out there, but, you know, making sure that all of our prospects and clients are in Hawksoft correctly for reporting purposes and commission and all that, while still having that old school mentality of I need to go to the high school football game and I need to sling business cards. And and at the end of the day, having the best people around you and people that are aggressive and want to sell insurance and not just, you know, and I, I, I'm not trying to throw off on anybody at all, but that old state farm mentality of, you know, the 68-year-old State Farm agent with one girl in his office, and he comes in from 10 to 4 every day. And that's just not, that's just not where we are. But my, my, my advice to those people in those small towns is utilize, <coughs> excuse me, utilize technology in a way that can do one of two people or one of two things. Either help your employees be more efficient in what they do every day, you know, uh, or be able to touch both prospects in a, in a, in a way that maybe we couldn't do 10 years ago or touch your current clients in another way that maybe you couldn't do five or 10 years ago. So we utilize rocket referrals. You know, that's a, that's a fairly new technology that is really geared for that new business client that you just wrote, but you want to make sure that they, you know, they're getting some stuff from the agency, welcome, a welcome letter and uh, some other things, uh, surveys and things like that. You want to, you want to utilize that technology while, while still keeping that old school mentality that, Hey, I need to get out here and sling some damn business cards and, and see some people and get out in front of some folks, let them know that we're still here. Mike Stromso says it best. If you want to reach 100% of your clients, you got to be in 100% of the places your clients are. If you want to reach 100% of your prospects, you got to be in 100% of the places your prospects are at. So, you know, and then, and then, and then try some new things out there too, guys. If y'all are old school and you hadn't, I, I, I'll tell you one thing I wouldn't do until I learned it learn how to do it. There's been more money wasted on Facebook advertising, Facebook ads for prospecting. One thing I figured out through this process, Bradley knows how to do it. He's really good at it. He paid to learn how to do it. But if you don't know what you're doing, it's almost impossible to run a Facebook ad and see any results. Uh, but if you do know what you're doing and you, you spend the money to learn how to do it, uh, you can get some some really good results off Facebook ads and things like that. So that's that's just what I would do. That's what we do. You know, it's funny you say that. And you know, 
I um, I say it as you said earlier. I've said on several of my podcast episodes, but you know, I can I can put together for like an hour and a half this beautiful insurance campaign. I spend all this time on it. I'll put it out there. I'll boost it. And I'll get, you know, a handful, you know, good enough number to, rec- you know, reconcile the money. And then I can post a picture of my dog chasing right. his tail or my kid falling off the diving board in the deep end or something dumb. And I blow up the Internet. And it's like, I, I think it's right. just more organic, more authentic, right. and the more, you know, just or you know, just organic you can be, the better it is. And I think too many right. people try too hard. Right. Not to say Bradley does or other people. I'm just saying some people just try too hard. Like myself, when I'm trying to put together a beautiful post for Insurance Town, but yet, you know, my dog mm-hmm. licking his rear end gets a ton of likes. It just don't make no sense sometimes. <laughs> I agree, man. I, I'm with you on that. I have yet to figure out, and I was on an hour-long phone call with Patrick Romey, who's one of the members of the 20-person Facebook team uh, for insurance uh, agencies and carriers about a month ago and i told him i told him two or three times i'm like dude listen to me i realize that y'all go hire all of these like computer engineers from cal berkeley and mit and all these places and for them facebook ad manager is like breathing but i'm just telling you that that y'all got to do something better it's got to get it's got to get to the point to where the average person can jump on Facebook ad manager and create an ad that they can get out and, and, and get some return for. Because I think there's more agents than not who have created Facebook ads once or twice and spent some money and then said, shit, I'm not getting anything out of this. I'm not doing this anymore. And it's just that small number of, of agents that know what they're doing that, that really get good results. One of the things that you say that I wanted to get into just a little bit, because you probably see this more than I do in Alabama, but you say a, an insurance agent really becomes uh-huh. an insurance agent and earns his stripes when he has to pay a claim. And uh, I think that's fascinating because, again, so many people focus on the sale, the sale, the sale, the sale, and they, they learn all about the sale part of it, but they forget about the customer service and taking care of that claim. And I just wanted you to get in that a little bit before we ha- we do have to go. Well, I, yeah, specifically what I said was you don't get your, you know, you're not an insurance agent when you graduate from insurance school. In my opinion, when you become a real insurance agent is at some time during your career, you have a catastrophic event happen that is something that will not ever be forgotten about or not forgotten about for a while. And you have to wake up one morning and see that, you know, you got two, three, 400 claims all coming in at one time. And that was back during when we were having all those hurricanes back to back to back. But I, you know, I went through that April 27th, 2011, uh, being an agent here in North Alabama when we had, I would say arguably the worst tornado outbreak in history. And I just think it gives you a different perspective, uh, on being an insurance agent when you have to deal with a catastrophic claim event in your particular area. Doesn't matter what it is, wildfires, hurricane, tornado, flooding, whatever. And I think it it just, uh, to me, it just, it makes you earn your stripes because at the end of the day, what you realize in that catastrophic event is people don't, 
people don't buy insurance from travelers and State Farm and Nationwide and Safeco. They buy insurance from you. And they are quick to tell you that when some adjuster comes out there and says they're going to deny, you know, we're not paying this claim, that you're the first person they're going to call when he gets in his truck and leaves. And uh, I just think it's, there's, there's no other time that as an insurance agent, you uh, kind of recognize more than then what this thing's all about is when your whole community, everybody's got a claim and you're having to, you know, work 80, a hundred hours a week and making phone calls and going to see people. And that, that I've had that happen to me twice. It happened to me in 2013. I've never told the story before. 2013, April, 2013, we, uh, I come home from work one day early because we had severe, we, we were, it was a severe weather day and I got to my house and the TV was on in the den and it was around 4:30 in the afternoon and the weather guy comes on and he's got his jacket off and he said uh he said there's a long track large tornado that is going through and he gave the area of athens alabama that it was going through and when he said it i dropped to my knees and i thought my god in that area in the road the roads he was giving with that long track tornado on the ground, we probably had 20 home and auto clients just in that three mile wide area. And I just dropped down on my knees. And I thought, my God, I, I can't believe this is happening again. And sure enough, the next day I spent that day and the next day, I ended up going to every everybody's house, most of whom had severe damage like house was you know gonna have to be torn down or lots of work you know hundreds of thousands of dollars of work but yeah that's happened to me twice and both times i i worked a lot during that time and i dealt with a lot of problems and i just think it i just think once you do that you know you ought to have a stripe on your sleeve after that yeah i completely agree with you and i, I love that and i wanted my my audience to hear that because they may not if you don't, you need to listen to insurance guys too. But if you haven't heard that before, I loved hearing that. Uh, the last thing before I do let you go, because I time has flown by. I got all excited about talking relationships, and we I want to have you back on again. But <laughs> one of the things that we we do over here is uh, I'm gonna give you you know the floor for a couple of minutes and anything that you want to talk about that we haven't discussed yet, anything on your heart, anything on your mind. I want you to just go and uh, inspire, educate, whatever you want to do for this last couple of minutes before we wrap up, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to hit mute and let you roll. Well, I appreciate <laughs> Well, I appreciate you doing that. Now, I, I, you know, as far as what's on my mind or on my heart, you know, right now, we, uh, we're still in, you know, growth mode and our agency came on, you know, came on as an independent agency in July, July 1st of this year. And, uh, been a it's been a great experience but it's been a lot of hard work and i tell people all the time the only thing that hasn't changed in my agency is the phone number and the and the name on the door everything else has changed and you know as far as motivating all these agents out there you know we we We've got a lot going on in the U.S. right now, and there's elections coming up and COVID. And I think one of the things that I've really struggled with the past two or three months is keeping a positive attitude. You know, I've always fancied myself a pretty positive person. And I think uh, if there's one 
thing I could say to them today that maybe can help them a little bit is when you feel yourself getting negative. And and by the way, the insurance industry, it's very easy to get cynical in our industry. It's very easy because you deal with problems all the time and People don't appreciate sometimes what you do for them and very easy to get cynical. But uh, with everything that's been going on, if you can do anything to motivate yourself and listen to some self-help books, you know, things like 10X by Grant Cardone or, you know, even David Goggins or somebody like that. Um, You know, there's a lot of those books and audible stuff out there that you can listen to or you can go to YouTube and listen to, you know, guys like, Lewis Howe or people like that. But I think one of the things I've got to do a better job of is is letting, blocking out all the negative that's out there in the world. Um, I try not to watch the news very often. I try to stay focused on what I've got to do to be successful. But anything you can do to, to try to stay positive, to try to remain positive during this time frame, because, you know, one of the things we didn't get into today was the psychology of the cell. And the first the first step in that cell cycle is the greeting, how you greet people. And, you know, number one on the greeting is energy, creating energy when you answer that phone, you know, create energy, be confident know your shit, let them know you know your shit when you get on the phone with them and your tone, your tonality. And that's very hard to do when you're in kind of this depressed mode. Uh, I'll give you an example. I had a a sales manager with Liberty Mutual call me at 10 o'clock this morning and we talked for an hour and she, I answered the phone and she's like, Scott, what's going on, man? How you doing? So fast forward an hour and a half later around 12, I call a, uh, Sales manager with Philadelphia insurance carrier. He answers the phone. Hey, how can I help you? Uh, yes. Uh, no. You, I mean, you can just you could just hear the difference in. And we got off the phone in about five minutes. And to me, I could just tell he didn't really give a shit about me calling him. So that's a great example of you've got to figure out ways as an insurance agent to stay positive with all the ancillary things that are going out on in the world today. And remember that when you talk to prospects and clients, no matter what's going on out there, you got to try to be positive. And when you talk to them through your tonality and your energy and listening to them, really try your best to be a be a, be a positive light and, a, and, and have positive energy when you talk to them, no matter what's happening in your life. And, uh, you know, you asked me what was on my heart. I guess that's probably what's been on my heart lately right there. And then last but not least, we are super proud to be a member partners with the PIA of Arkansas. And uh, we'll be doing our live panel on Thursday at one o'clock central time. Hope you guys can join us. And uh, Heath and his wife have done an outstanding job of not getting me to do it because I'm just like all of y'all. But uh, these thought leaders like Bradley and Seth Zaremba and Sidney Rowe, Christian Moore, those guys who are much better insurance agents than I am on the panel. So I'm looking forward to being there and being a part of that. Man, I, I completely – man, I appreciate it. That's, that's the good stuff. That's the good stuff right there. When I just shut up and let my, my guests speak from their heart, that's the good stuff. So I appreciate it. I do want you to do one more thing. If they want to find Scott, you know, 
tell them some contact yeah. info, uh, all that good stuff. Let let them let them sure. find you. Well, my uh, email address is iprotectins at gmail.com and my cell phone number is 256-293-2776. I, I gave my cell phone number out on the podcast one day. Bradley said, you know, you just gave your cell phone number out. I said, I don't give a shit. Let them call me. I'll, I'll be happy to talk to them. Uh, so it depends on what I've got going on. Sometimes somebody will email me or call me and it might be two or three weeks before I get back with them. But I don't mind doing that. Of course, the web address, the insurance guy online.com. And then uh, the podcast, the, uh, the uh, what's our podcast? Heath? The insurance, the insurance guys, guys podcast. <laughs> yeah. The insurance. Yeah. And uh, yeah. that web address is www.theinsuranceguyspodcast.com. So come on over there and watch it, listen to it, whatever. Man, you yeah. are, you are Thank one you of my, you're one of my favorite people. Uh, I can't wait to finally get to meet you in person. I appreciate you coming to Insurance Town, hanging out with me a little bit. I appreciate you inspiring my audience. I appreciate you bringing a, an address to our group at the PIA of Arkansas. And I can't wait till it's actually by the time this drops today at one o'clock. This will drop Thursday, October 22nd. Yeah. I can't wait. It's going to be a big deal. Um, and I can't wait. Thank you so much again, Scott. All right, no problem. We love you. Appreciate you, Heath. Man, I love you too, brother. Thank you guys so much for listening to my conversation today with Mr. Scott Howell. I really hope that the content we brought you today provided value. And I really hope that each episode we do the same thing. Thank you so much for listening today. Thank you so much for downloads. And if you haven't subscribed, please go click the subscribe button wherever you're listening. So you can be alerted every single time we drop a new episode. It means the world to me. Also, reach out to me anytime you want to. Heath at insurancetownpodcast.com. I love the feedback each and every week. It just brightens my day. Thank you so much. And I got to tell you, this podcast was recorded, edited, produced, made well by my man Ryan over at Ready, Set, Podcast. And... If you have an idea for your own show or you want to have your own podcast, reach out to him. The web address is GetReadySetPodcast.com. You can find him on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, any other of the social platforms. This dude's awesome. Ready, Set, Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into a reality. Thanks again, guys. I hope to see you again next week.